0: everyone welcome back to the potter's house the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics church life and current events impact our everyday lives my name is marcus Ionescu and i am your host and today i'm joined by a very special guest mr chris Buya. chris how are you doing today
1: great thank you so much marcus i appreciate the invite
0: yes and uh thank you so much for for being on Uh, i know it was something we kind of just discussed about over the last couple of weeks and i'm glad that we have this opportunity to dive into this particular subject and uh, just really uh, just see where God has been leading this conversation so uh, the people can hear.
1: Yeah, I can't wait.
0: Cool. And um, we'll do a little introduction for you. But first, I do want to mention a couple of uh, announcements. And these are the standard announcements for the, for those of you who have been listening for quite some time. But um, you can follow us on our Instagram account for any and all updates uh, regarding streaming. We're on pretty much all the platforms that you can think of that you have access to, most notably on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's where um, the majority of listen- listeners go to. And um, if you do uh, have that if you do have an iPhone, if you do have Apple Podcasts, that purple icon, and if you haven't done it already, please go to it. Uh, you can subscribe, you can follow the podcast. then you can also scroll down, tap the stars because it really helps with the exposure of the show. And you can also leave a written review, which I will read on the show whenever it happens. Uh, Also, Spotify recently, over the last uh, year or so, uh, created a feature where you can tap the stars as well, a rating feature. So if you haven't done that uh, and you've done the iTunes one, you can also do that. Again, it really helps. I appreciate it. Thank you guys uh, for those of you who have already done it. Um, And that is that. Uh, I did mention a new feature for those of you guys who follow the Instagram account. Um, I did mention a special new feature uh, that we're gonna do um, starting from now until whenever and it's gonna be basically the listener questions. So I took all of your questions, uh, anonymous questions and then I'm gonna spend uh, a few minutes answering one or two of them depending on their length with my you know me answering along with the respective guests for that week. So that's something we're gonna try. We're gonna see how it goes. And hopefully it'll be uh, fun and informative as well. And we'll get to that right now. But before we do that, before we start this, um, this new feature that we've been talking about, uh, Chris, for those of you, um, for those people out there who don't know you, I just want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, great. Um, so my name is uh, Chris Buya. I'm from the uh, Metro Detroit area. And I believe through our uh, um, acquaintances and friends that we both have, uh, that's how we kind of came to know each other. Um, I know that, uh, there's a few people that you've had on before, like Danny Kovach, um, who I am friends with. And so I've heard of your podcast before, uh, this invite. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm 36 years old. Um, I've listened to your show. Uh, you do a great job here. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy to be a part of, you know, this ministry. Um, personally myself, I've always kind of been, uh, in the church or doing some sort of ministry, uh, ever since I was young um played in the the church brass band like a lot of young men and women out there in the Romanian pentecostal church Uh, i did that uh, up until and through college Um, but um, when i got back from college uh, i realized that there was a need to really help some of these high school students that uh, were having trouble understanding uh, the language in churches and that there was no sunday school class for them and so i asked the sunday school director if i could Lead a, a Sunday school class for high school students uh, during during church, uh, obviously in English. And um, so we started that, and it turned out to be four to five years of a great part of my life and in, in, in ministry. And in that time, I met my my wife, who <laughs> also played in the church band. Um, we've been married uh, eleven amazing years now, and we have three young daughters. So the the ho- the home life is is very chaotic. Um, <laughs> But uh, then we stopped doing the, uh, the Sunday school thing, and then we went to doing um, preaching. And so right now at our current church uh, in Royal Oak, which is a Hosanna Christian church, I'm one of the main Bible teachers at that church. Uh, I preach in English. Um, and so whatever uh, God puts on our heart, we take verse by verse uh, studying approach or biblical studying approach to it. And uh, ever since the last few years, especially right before the pandemic, God has placed on my heart. A real desire to really reach out especially to young men um i've been working with them through camps and ministries i think that's where we met our mutual friend cj uh at uh, camp calvary um and so so there's just these little small little pockets of whenever somebody asks me to come whether it's a small bible study or a youth camp with hundreds of teens um i'm always uh, on fire and ready to go and and ask for god to speak through me so that's kind of a little bit about myself. I'm sure there's a lot more and I'm sure we'll get to uh, some of it in our discussions, but yeah, that's, that's just a quick intro.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, when, when CJ first approached me um, a couple of weeks ago, he was like, yeah, you got to get this guy on. He's great. You know, especially with the young adults and you know, the, the little seminars, not only the, the um, formal, Seminars, studies that you conducted, but also on a personal level too. That's that was that's what what was brought up, and you know, I I obviously took the recommendation seriously, and now we're here, and I'm excited to hear uh, what the Lord has pressed onto your heart. I think it's something that not only applies to the young adults, but applies to Christians everywhere uh, in the United States and across the entire world as well. Um, and we'll 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 talk a little bit about that. But before we go there, I do want to. Um, I guess introduce this new feature that we have, and I'm a little excited. So we'll see how it's going to go. Uh, we're both going to ha- we're both going to chime in on on these two questions that I'm going to present that um, are from the listeners. Uh, and the okay. first question I'm going to uh, I'm going to read out here is, and this is an interesting one. Um, it, this is the question: If my lie is considered righteous, am I still sinning? <laughs> uh okay, based off based off the yeah. screen reaction I here see here from chris uh, you know we're both kind of uh chuckling at that um just because you know considering a, a righteous lie um i guess I'll, I'll go first and i'll try to be quick i don't want to take too much time with these questions but um i don't think according to scripture there is such thing as a righteous lie um obviously as we look throughout scripture um every time i mean heroes of the faith every time that they lied Typically, it was met with a with a consequence. Um, the one that I think of right off the bat is uh, Abraham entering Egypt, and actually, he gave a, not even a, it wasn't even a full lie; it was like a half lie, claiming that his wife Sarah was his sister, where in fact, technically, biologically, she was his half sister. Um, and then, uh, I mean, the 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 Pharaohs family was cursed after that, and obviously, there were consequences. Um, but I, but I, what I'm thinking, Chris, is um, this person, and this is a very common hypothetical scenario that people present. Uh, it's it's World War II, and you're a, uh, a Gentile family living in Austria or whatever country around that area, and you're harboring Jews that the Gestapo are hunting. You know, and it's like this is the situation that people think of, and they're like, okay, if they're if the police come to my house and they ask if I'm If I'm protecting any uh, Jews, do I lie and protect them or do I tell the truth and give them away? Um, Now that I got to this complicated portion of it, I'm going (laughs) to hand it off to you,
1: Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think the two scenarios are different uh, between Abraham and the the theoretical uh, family housing people. Uh, Abraham was trying to save his own skin, whereas uh, trying to harbor uh, a family that, uh, you know, that if you give them up would, Caused them to be murdered uh, unjustly. That's a different scenario. So um, I think the the way I can answer this question is is with some personal experience. I, I do have um, my father and, and my uncles who actually smuggled Bible in the time of communist Romania, and uh, they have they have plenty of stories of how God has worked. And um, one of the stories is that when they were transporting some of these Bibles, the back suspension of these old dachas were like going to give out. I mean, you think they would have loaded them a little less, but they they loaded up these Bibles and they're super heavy and uh, they got pulled over by, by the police. And so they were very nervous and they were wondering, what in the world are we going to do? And, um, you know, is the faith in, in their abilities or is the faith in what God's going to do? And so they asked, what do you have in your vehicle? Because it's hanging so low down in the back. And they said, Let's show you. And um, they opened the trunk, and there, there was Bibles, and um, they didn't do anything. And he said, What do you have in there? And he said, Wh- Whatever you see, that's what I got. And and they let him go. And my uncle truly believes that God uh changed what he was seeing, or 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 you know, cloaked what he was seeing um to whatever it may be, maybe it was fuzzy kittens or whatever it was back there. Um, but my, they learned a valuable lesson that they, they allowed God to, to to be the one that did the miracle there and they didn't have to lie. And so this idea of, of lying or uh, to, to have a righteous lie, I, I think it, um, it keep, it doesn't really work towards our faith of allowing God to actually do what needs to be done. And you think that your lie is the thing that can actually help the scenario. I think we need to take ourselves out of the equation and let God do what he does best, which is um, miracles. So.
0: Absolutely, I mean that's 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 a great story, and God will never tempt you. He will never position you. Yeah, we we're tested. We face trials, but He'll never push you in a direction where you were you were to sin. Right? So typically, the sin is going against what He wants you to do. He wants you to take the other route, which um, which was what your family did uh, when exactly. they when they said that, and that's when God intervened, and that's when God you know miraculously. Um, change the situation and help them out. So I don't. Know, I think that's a great right. answer, but to the person asking this question, um, I don't think you're smuggling Bibles and I don't think you're harboring Jews. So, um, right. right. I, I don't think there's any lie that you can tell that is righteous, uh, considering the times that we live in, uh, where we live in, um, especially right now, L- live in the truth, be, be upfront with your faith. And, and it's actually something we're going to talk about in our episode here. Uh, but yeah, whoever wrote that, uh, whether it was a troll or not, uh, just, uh, <laughs> just keep that in mind. Okay, just quickly to the second question, because uh, I know we, we're, we're running on time here. But the second question, uh, which is a pretty open-ended question here, says, what does the future of the Romanian Pentecostal Church in the United States look like? So, Chris, I'll let you start this one, and then uh, I'll follow
1: up on it. Yeah, well, I guess we can use the example of the current church that I'm in now. Um, we have to understand that we're called, um, to, and we'll get to this in the topic, which is ironic that it lines up with this question, but we are called to, to take the gospel, uh, to every corner of the earth, but that also includes our neighborhood. Right. And so it's good to go and give money to Romania and Moldova and the Philippines, but it's also important that we don't forget our neighbors. And so we could have hundreds of baptisms of people outside of our country. But we have to ask how many people did we baptize in our neighborhoods, right? And, and that, that's a, le- a lot less in number. Um, and, and I think that what it looks like, at least in our church, what we're trying to do is that we're trying to have a dedicated team or a dedicated service. So our, in our church, the morning service is dedicated full-blown in English uh, with worship, with, with the time of community preaching, and then, and then we call people to prayer. And then in the evening is, is a dedicated Romanian service where if somebody doesn't want to speak English or if they are very patriotic and don't want to go to church that speaks English uh, um, or you want to witness to your um, an, an Orthodox friends who, who you know came from Romania, there's a place for that as well. Um, so what does the church look like? I mean, it could look like that type of hybrid system or it could just be um, a lot of the small Romanian-only churches, Pentecostal churches. Uh, they form or they die out, but there'll they'll still be some big, you know, two or three in metro Detroit areas or metro uh, in the cities of still being there, still having the Romanian culture, tradition, and programs. Um, and, and they'll do witnessing to the Romanians. Uh, yes, they'll baptize a few Americans or a few other people here and there, uh, but their main focus will be on the Romanians. And if they grow and if they actually uh, are part of what actually needs to happen for that uh, society, uh, then they will grow and they will baptize and disciple Romanians. Um, so I think that there will be fewer, maybe larger, uh, as they combine, but then there's going to be others that branch off and decide that they're going to be uh, witnessing in, in English because it's just a more broad and um, more accepted language. Everyone kind of understands it. So. I know th- this topic and this conversation can go off in all the different weeds and all the different types of things that could happen. All I know is that it's important that we, especially young men who, who one day will be in church leadership, just pray that we're in the Lord's will for what to happen, you know, not let it be a popularity contest or who has the loudest voice, but let's do the closest thing that is biblical. And, and I think it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely. I, I agree with you hundred percent. That's a great answer. And I um, I guess, to add on to that, I I think I have a hot take on this, um, just cause I don't know. I I, I definitely want to see more growth. Um, I think I was just in I was just in class today, and uh, you know, I'm I, for those of you following my Instagram, you saw that I, I just started my my MDiv Master of Divinity at at um, the Master's Seminary. So I had a class today with Steve Lawson, Dr. Steve Lawson, and oh. uh, he was just focusing on just the importance of preaching the word. And uh, he he spoke where uh, they had, there was one time uh, where this church that he spoke at, um, he preached the word and there were 20 baptisms that happened on that, like evangelism night. And 19 of those 20 people who got baptized or decided to get baptized were members of that church. So, I mean, it, it was just crazy. He was talking about, listen, so many people within our church, within our community, just show up thinking that they're saved and they're they're not they're unconverted. They they don't understand. They they not that they're too bad for uh the gospel, but they're too good for the gospel. They don't see themselves as needing to repent or they don't understand. It wasn't articulated. So I think yeah. what we need to do, especially now that we're bilingual, uh and multi-generational and, and to be honest, multicultural within within one church building, I think it's important to reach out to the younger generation and make sure that we're clearly dictating the gospel so that they understand, uh, what, what God's word says and maybe not necessarily what they've learned from within their family unit. Cause you never know what they're going to learn. Uh, you want to utilize those, that the times on Sunday to do that. And then once we have that established, once we take, take care of the people there, uh, then we, we got to look to expand. Like you said, go into the communities yeah. and, um, you know, I love the remaining culture. I like uh, so many things about it, the the unity, uh, well, I shouldn't say unity, but like, I guess, uh <laughs> us being so uh collectivistic in a way where we're, we're, like, for example, that you and I can get connected through a mutual friend from, from LA to Detroit, you know, it's, it's just, ha- having that is so beneficial. But at the same time, if, if that gets in the way of our church growth, not that we're judging the health of a church based off its size, but the fact that we want to open our doors and reach out to the people out in the streets and bring them in and, and disciple them so that, and send them out so they can make their disciples you know answering their great commission then i would you know i'd be open to sacrificing certain things from our setup in order to achieve that so we can answer that commission so that that's where i stand i feel like if uh you know obviously we have a spectrum of how conservative certain churches are within our community um but if it if there's a church that's so tight tight in their conservatism and they they don't want to let go and it's romanian this romanian that we're romanians and they just create a country club for romanian people rather than a church that needs the church of jesus christ you know like um the bride of christ then that's gonna that's gonna create an issue and that church you know maybe it's gonna stay intact maybe you'll have a few members for for decades but um that's not gonna be a healthy church so i see it kind of transitioning, you know, keeping the culture, but at the same time, making it welcome to people of other cultures as well. And I think that's so imperative in the times that we live in, especially right now where uh, people are being compromised by false teachings, prosperity teachings. Um, It's, you know, the information is traveling at at such a fast rate through social media, through TikTok. So, that's what I think we need to do, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. We, we need to take care of the people within first. I just think that's important, but we'll see. I don't know. The best way to answer this question is to wait 10 years and see where we're going to be at. Um, but yeah, that's that. So, wow, that was two long answers. That's good. Now I'm learning. I'm learning how many questions to, to bring, you know, for future episodes, but, uh, thank you for answering those questions, Chris. Now I do want to jump into our episode proper here. Um, it's something that we talked about, um, before we were recording and uh it's something that the Lord has been pressing onto your heart and uh basically came up in the last two in these last two questions about uh so many Christians being silent about their faith and how if we were to speak up in certain moments uh people's lives can be changed before catastrophic ev- events or before anything else can happen and and that we have the power not the power that we have earned, but the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us and in the power of the word of the gospel that we share, that is the power that convicts and transforms other people. And do not sharing that with other people is uh, either selfish, uh, it could be a result of fear, uh, and it's not something that we are instructed to do in scripture. So this is kind of the uh, idea that we're circula- circulating around that we're talking about Uh, it's something that you, like, as you mentioned, you were pressed about for the last couple of years and you, the passion has continued to grow inside of you, but let's jump to the beginning of that. Um, where did this desire, where did this idea start? How did it, how did, uh, how did it develop within
1: you and how has it grown over the, over these last couple of years? Um, yeah, so, uh, Marcus, it's, it's very plain. It's, 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 I think the, the more that not just myself, but the more that, that, any believer uh tries to draw near to Christ and sees the treasure uh that is you know in his grasp or in her grasp um it it's, it seems to me that the more and the closer that you are on that walk with him it, it gets to the point where you can't contain your your love for him your devotion for him your loyalty for him and and you can't keep your mouth shut about how great uh of a of a, of a blessing uh, of just overall, uh, change in salvation that, uh, that Christ has brought into your life. And, 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 the more and more I see this and the more and more I, I read scripture or whatever it may be, I see the fact that, man, this is so amazing. This, 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 not only is it just full of love and full of compassion, but, but there's also an aspect of the fact that I was once a sinner on the way to hell and I was justified uh, the wrath of God that was going to come over me I, it was just right and, but but Christ stood into that gap and, and because of him, I now have his righteousness because of what he's done for me and and, and to be able to to really comprehend that, uh, how can I not want to tell other people that? And so when I you know when, when all these riots started happening and, and the media started um, really pushing forward through uh, what was happening in major cities about the injustices, uh, that we see. And they coined this term, you know, being silent is violent or, or when silence is violence. And I thought to myself that the most uh, injustice thing that ever happened is our rebellion towards God. And, and, and so the, the justice that really needs to be brought is God's justice, uh, not necessarily our justice of cultures or races or, or you know, whatever happened here. And yes, I'm not trying to minimize you know, the bad things that happen in the world today, but really the, the biggest version of this silence is violence boils down to Christians, that by us keeping our mouths shut about the God that saved us from the very pits of hell to not walking the streets of gold and worshiping him forever, to not be able to share that with someone truly is just the ultimate act that I think is the most unloving act that a Christian could have that leads not to violence, but to suffering even though it's a just suffering because we have all sinned, we could step into that gap by sharing Christ with those people. And yeah, it's God who saves people, but we are there to be, and called, and we'll get into it, uh, we're there to be the witnesses. We're there to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, not for those miracles per se, but to be able to tell people with boldness the goodness of God.
0: Yeah, and and I, I, I honestly think that if we were... Better and we were more on top of this as Christians, um, and not only I'm not even talking to some some kid who goes to church, but I, myself included. Um, you know, because it's easy it's easy to sit behind a microphone and a computer and say something about God and just put it out there and kind of hide away in, in your house or whatever. But going in the out, pulpit. yeah, ex- in, yeah, in exactly, the in the pulpit, yeah, exactly, because you're you're mm-hmm. around for the most part friends and people who yep. agree with you. You know, there are a lot right, of times yeah. I'm up there, and I I say something. I'm like, man, I want to make this good point, you know. But it's like you're preaching to the choir because we're, we all have like conservative values. I'm like, okay, uh, I don't have to talk about social justice because everyone agrees with me. Um, right, exactly. But but in the workplace, at school, or maybe uh, somewhere in public where you have an opportunity to talk somewhere, and there are times when someone like will come up and talk to you for for whatever reason, or just start up a conversation, and you have a perfect opportunity to, I guess, inject the gospel and just start talking about your faith. And then we refuse to do that. I know I've, I've done that plenty of times. Um, I think that's where the silence of violence, the silence, sorry, what was it again? The, when silence is, when silence is, yeah, Yeah. when silence is violence, that's when it really, um, that's when it really is when, when that happens. So, uh, it's, again, it's not just young people out there, it's old people, it's not just, uh, you know, the people who are not knowledgeable of Scripture. It's also the people who are very knowledgeable of Scripture. Uh, it's the power of the gospel that we need to share. And I, I feel like a lot of people, especially um, in our community, sort of struggle with that. Uh, and let me ask you that. Do you think, Do you think? Uh, why do you think that uh, the remaining community struggles so much with going out there and and sharing their faith? Do you think there's a particular reason?
1: Yeah, I think there's two reasons. One is immigration. Right. So we don't really have to talk to people because people are coming off the boat or off the airplane and they're filling our churches that way, or at least they have been for decades. Now it's kind of slowing down and we're finding ourselves, uh oh, you know, we have to do something here because uh, less and less people are, especially during COVID, of how many people were allowed to come here. Uh, and the second thing is, um, you know, having conversations with my parents is that, you know, the, the, unfortunately, the communists, you know, they, they, they have hurt and hindered our faith and our Parents and grandparents more than we realized because they told them and they beat it to inside their head that you're not supposed to talk to people about this. You know, it's just, it's just something that wasn't done. And, and so you combine those two things. And so, you know, if they came here and they didn't talk to anybody, the churches wouldn't grow, but God blessed them that they had, you know, immigrants coming constantly every single year. And so, you know what, the churches kind of survived. And that was a time when they should have grown to how are we going to do this when, you know, the tap of immigration turns off. And I don't think they were prepared enough to be able to answer that question. But I think that those are two big things that um, really hinder us from encourage or from them encouraging their kids like you and I and our children to actually go out there and say something, because we think that, well, they're just going to come to church anyways, but in reality, uh, they're not.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, I did an episode about this uh, um, a few episodes ago about how uh, the, our, our ethnicity and our culture has really impacted us as Christians and how how we do things for the Lord, how we serve the Lord, and uh, this is one of them. the way The way that we share, um, I guess, as you said, like we were the, the the background that we have is to to keep quiet about this or to kind of keep away from certain people, and I feel like that's transition that's bled into this new generation where um, mm-hmm. now we're not as open with. Um, even with our feelings, I mean, not, not only the gospel, but even with our feelings or sharing things, it's always about hush, hush, uh, you know, keep your, rep- maintain your reputation. Uh, don't, don't try to, you know, they, they'll tell us, like, don't try to stick out, you know, try to kind of blend in with everyone. Don't embarrass us, this and that. And I think yeah. that upbringing uh, really, now you place us into the real world. Now we're doing those exact same things. We're trying to blend in. We're not trying to stand out. Maybe we're a little on the shy side. Uh, maybe we don't know how to articulate the gospel because we grew up in a church that that says hey just be good and do this and do that and you know avoid sins that we don't really know what it's like or, and maybe some of some of us are just unconverted and we do not have the joy of salvation that will right. trigger us and set that flame so that we and motivate us so that we can go out and, and and share the truth and share the gospel so I mean all of these three could be potential reasons Yep.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, like, I, I think about this idea, and, and it's been placed on my heart recently because uh, just to, to show the value and the magnitude of actually being a Christian, what does that mean? Understanding what God's done for you and understanding what the gospel of Jesus truly means. Uh, for anyone listening to the podcast that may be struggling with this idea that you know may, they might not have friends or they might not have value or, or, or that there are nobody, understand this. If you are a Christian and if you understand what God has truly done for you, uh, you have more worth, right? And you have more knowledge and you have more uh, riches in, 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 in just your, you know, in your thoughts and your mind and what, you know, in your wisdom uh, and you're worth more than Jeff Bezos or, 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 uh, Elon Musk or anything like that, because they, they, they have a few you know things that they can change here on earth with their companies and with their money. But what you have is you have the knowledge of God, knowledge that people have died to hear. Uh, and, and you have that knowledge and 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 you could be able to change uh basically the the outcome of people's eternity with the good news that you have i mean you are basically the front line that god has sent us in this great commission there's no plan b you are it and 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 you should be encouraged by this that god is is using you right you are the vessel in which god uses to be able to enlarge his kingdom uh and and that all happens by by speaking right this idea that people will come to Christ based on my actions, right? It, okay, let, let, let's just take the, this as an example. Imagine you had the knowledge to know that there was gonna be the Holocaust, right? In in, in World War II, uh, in, in Germany and all around uh, Europe. And you found yourself with this knowledge in 1930, right? Uh, you wouldn't go around saying that, um, based on how I live my life and people ask me questions, I'll let them know of the coming disasters that are coming over these people and over this nation right you you wouldn't do that you, you would you would go out there and and it doesn't matter if people thought you were crazy you would tell people you would say you know what's going to happen you would try to warn people especially if they were your family and friends right you you couldn't you couldn't be silenced right that, because you know of what's happened well we as christians know that the wages of sin is death and it's not this you know just a physical death it's spiritual death and it's it's hellfire and torment. And, and, and it's a just punishment for, for those who are who die in their sins. And and you would not, so it's worse than the than the ovens of Auschwitz, right? It's worse than that. I know it's horrible to say that, right? We still have to respect, you know, the travesties and the suffering that the Jewish people went through. But if you went to Germany with that knowledge and you said nothing, you would be probably perceived the worst person in the world because how could you not speak up? Well, we Christians who say nothing, we, in eternity, I know this sounds bad. We're probably the worst people in eternity because we had the light of Christ, we had the salvation that came through faith in Jesus Christ, and we didn't share with anyone, right? And so let's 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 just encourage ourselves to go out there and know that we have a greater value and a greater message than anything that could save from any travesty that is here on earth.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, even even if uh, like for example, if if we're thinking about the Holocaust, it's hard for us to relate because we don't really know anyone personally that has gone through that, whether they they passed away or they, they survived it. Um, so yeah, we think of it as, as a theory, you know, theoretically like, oh yeah, I would have done that, I would feel guilty. Now let's make things a little more personal because people typically act out of feelings, but think of the the people that you work with, the people that you've worked with for, for 2, 5, 10, 20 years, however long you've worked at that place, people you've developed friendships with, Relationships with, or maybe people within your own family that you only you may have access to. I, if if these people d- die in their sins, as you said, the wages is, the wages of sin are death. Is, is death? They're gonna suffer the consequences of their sin. It's not gonna be paid for, and they're like you said, they're gonna be in hellfire and torment for eternity. And that is on us. And these are people that we know. These are souls that we know that we've grown up with. Uh, that maybe have helped us in a certain way or, 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 uh, or time. And I feel like that should be and I speak to myself first, because obviously, I need to do this much better as well. Um, That should that should scare us, that should motivate us to, um, to to tell them to share with them to pray for them uh, on a daily basis. And it's something that uh, we we, we don't really do. And um, I know we kind of touched on this earlier. But if you feel like you're not qualified to, to share this, if you feel like, uh, you know, you didn't grow up in a, you know, a good enough family or, or your father wasn't a good father and this and that. And you say like, oh, who am I to share the gospel? Because I'm, you know, I'm not a preacher or I'm not, uh, I'm, you know, I have no business doing this. Let me tell, let me tell you this right now. If you're following Christ, if you were born again, the Bible says that you are adopted into God's family. You are a son and daughter now, and you have the best father that anyone could possibly have. And that father is the father that commissions you, that tells you, and not only does that gives you the power, gives you the tools to go and share that gospel. He says, "Just go share it." The power lies in in the word of God, but just just go share it. I'll give you the you know the, here's the Holy Spirit that will empower you, that will guide you, that will they'll give you wisdom in those certain situations. Go share it. Go plant those seeds out there, and 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 that's the attitude that we should have, especially for the people that we've grown to love um, over these last. X amount of years.
1: Yeah. So in, in Ephesians chapter four, which this kind of blew my mind when, when, you know, the last couple of years uh, trying to come up with, with the support uh, for, for these types of sermons or discussions, it kind of blew my mind where it says, and God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. So basically everyone who you see on Sunday, right? Why did God give us these people? Why are they in church? It says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Okay. So, so it's telling you right there that they are there to equip you, you, me and you, we're, we're, we're like the lay people, right. For the work of ministry. And while our ministry looks different, you know, from, from person to person, it's always centered around sharing the gospel, you know, and I get it. Sometimes maybe we go to church and our pastors or teachers or evangelists don't equip us. Right. Well, we we need to find people that do equip us because it's not their jobs, per se, right? It is theirs as an individual person in the walk that they have in this world to share the gospel, uh, and they are responsible for the Great Commission for themselves, just like we are. But they have another burden or another uh, responsibility to equip you and I, right, so that we are ready for the work of ministry. So none of us have an excuse to say, I'm too shy, I'm too timid, I'm too whatever. There's so many amazing resources out there that can equip us to be bold in our faith, uh, that I think, especially now in this day and age, we don't have an excuse to say, well, I don't have the answer for that because there are a lot of really good theologians and doctrine uh, or, or, or pastors that that teach very good doctrine, uh, and especially in our language, like in a young person's language and easy to understand. So use those uh, tools that God gives us to do what this verse says, and that's to equip us so that we can actually share the gospel. So,
0: so you mentioned that People shouldn't have an excuse to be too shy, timid, fearful. But um, what if someone's listening to this and they said, "Okay, that's easier said than done." Uh, what if they've never done it before? Maybe they're introverted. Maybe they're shy. Maybe they're insecure. You know, they love the Lord, but every time they uh, they try to speak up, they just can't formulate the words to to say it. Um, how would you How
1: would you advise them if they're in that situation? Well, uh, you know that's 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 a good question because I kind of find myself. Uh, there as well. Um, but the Bible also says that, uh, I think it's 1 Thessalonians, that uh, the gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, right? And so um, what we have to do is it, w- when we read the Bible, we have to, we have to always pray, right? So we, we're not just reading and, and, and just kind of a checklist thing. But if we read and we pray, if we bring in the spirit of God into our personal study, um, I, I believe that he'll give us that boldness, right? In Acts chapter four, verse 31, which is how we usually always end our church service to get people to pray. It says that the disciples, they got together and they prayed and the building shook. And everyone's like, oh yeah, that's what we want. We want a building that shake so that we can say, look how great we are. But that's not the point. It goes on further to say, so that they could speak the word of God with boldness, right? And so I think that if someone is timid, I would tell them to, to when they, read their word, right, to 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 combine prayer with that. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, just like in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the main reason we have and God has blessed us with the Holy Spirit and the reason that we walk with and, he and he's in us and all around the, the our, us believers, right, baptized in the Holy Spirit, says you will receive power from the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses, right? This is the big thing. I think this is the culmination of everything that God calls us to do. And the culmination of everything in which God gives us, all the spiritual gifts and all of our, even our earthly and material blessings pushes us to being witnesses for him. So that we can show people that, you know what, maybe I have money, maybe I don't have money, but that's not what I worship and that's not what makes my life of any value. Maybe I have a spouse, maybe I don't have a spouse, maybe I have kids or maybe I'm barren, but that's not what shows what is valuable in my life. What I have or don't have always pushes me to sharing of being a witness for Jesus Christ, right? So all the signs and the wonders in the the New Testament, right? You know, from prophecy to speaking in tongues to to healings, they're not just one-off events. They're events that do what? They push the the messenger or the witness to give authority and validation to what he's saying is true. And so I, I don't, you know, it's weird to see healings or weird to see prophecy or weird to see these gifts of the Spirit in our churches when they don't push you to either equipping you to witness or to give validation to what the person is witnessing. So if you're timid, understand that you need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And the way you do that is by reading, by praying. And when he comes upon you, man alive, you'll you'll, you'll notice a difference. You'll notice a difference because that power, uh, that's quite something.
0: Okay, so we just addressed the question to the people who, let's say these people want to share the gospel, but they, they feel ill-equipped or... Um shy timid fearful whatever so those are those people that we just addressed now I want to address a different group of people and mm-hmm. obviously in the, the beauty of having a podcast and listening you know by yourself is that you can really evaluate yourself you can look retrospectively you can see where you stand and um, you know and, and if this is you if you fall into this category there's I mean there's no shame now I mean you obviously seek repentance or seek the Lord um, but what if there's a Christian out there who believes the Bible, believes God, goes to church, thinks that he or she is serving well, but in their heart, they just don't have that desire. Or they don't care enough to share the gospel with, with strangers around. Maybe, let's say they don't have anyone in their family or, or close uh, friend group that, that isn't saved, so they're, they don't have a personal connection, but for the people out there, the people that they work with, the people that they encounter every day, there's no desire. Um, there's no press uh, to go and share the truth with them because they just simply, you know, frank, to say it frankly, don't care. How would you advise those people?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that that type of thing is so I think people are scared because they think that speaking to people about God is, is trying to win an argument or trying to con- convince them of something but the idea is that we're not trying to win an argument we're trying to just state the fact we're trying to just state what god did in our lives and where we were and in the pits and in the miry parts and in the depths of hell and and how how we were saved and 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 so uh, this idea is maybe we're hindered and or we don't have people and we don't want to talk to people because we think it might be we might be labeled as something or you know we're not equipped enough to be able to win that argument Um, This idea is that, you know, God came in the flesh on the earth for being able to uh, not only do what he did on Calvary uh, and save us from our sins, but also to tell the people the truth, to repent and let them know that the kingdom of God is coming. You know, this idea that you can be a Christian, but not let the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, push you one way or another, to me is, is strange because it says here you know when the holy spirit comes upon you in acts chapter one verse eight where we talked about that word coming upon you uh in the greek now again i, I don't have the best knowledge when it comes to the greek but i looked it up and it's the same word that you would use when 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 a other country would uh, attack or take over uh that neighboring city or country or whatever and so it would be completely taken over one flag would go down and the other flag would go up well you as a dear christian and trust me i struggle with this too my flag has to go down, and his kingdom flag has to go up, and and that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. I, I, you know, I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but just because I spoke in tongues, doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit has come upon me. What really shows is that my my the the Holy Spirit has come upon me, has taken over me, has done battle with my flesh, my soul, took my flag and threw it on the ground and put the the flag of Christ in there, and whatever He determines or He says, whether I like it or not. That's what I have to do. You know, it says to share in his suffering. Well, you know, there's two forms of suffering, suffering for his name's sake and suffering because of our bad choices. And the Bible says, share in them, you know, it just, I just, I, that's what I would tell somebody that says that, well, I, I just don't want to do, it. I don't feel like I'm inclined to do it. I would say reevaluate my friend, reevaluate the spirit of God speaking to you and and let's get, let's get, let's get to work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the spiritual fruits is what validates the spiritual gifts. Uh, that's how you know uh, if both are present. That's how you know it's it's the real deal. And uh, you know, I guess another another possibility may be that um, maybe you're under, I guess, under this under, I guess, understanding, or you you believe that you are saved, uh, or you believe that you're serving just because you sing in the choir or you play in the in the symphonic band. Uh, but you, you have never been truly repentant of your sin, and you've never recognized the gravity of your sin and how much mercy and grace was shown to you through Christ. Um, that you would want to take that news and share it with other people, and I think a lot of people who don't care don't realize how sinful they were, and don't and don't yeah, realize what. Christ has done for them on the cross. Because if if we realize and we are aware of what Christ has done for our sin on the cross, and for our salvation, then I promise you, and this is what the joy of salvation is. I promise you, you will have that desire to share it with other people. You will you will hurt for other people. You will you in a way pity them. You will feel sorry for them. You will have this this. Urgent desire to go share the gospel as as the apostles did in in the, in the New Testament, as, as Apostle Paul did as he was going around preaching, uh, not only to the people uh, you know within the churches that he planted, but to the especially the the Gentiles too. He had a heart for the Gentiles. He was the apostle of the Gentiles. So um, that's something that we have to consider as well. Like what what is what is your status? Like where do you stand? Um right. And and yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I feel like sometimes we have peaks and valleys and there will be times where uh you know we'll have a bad day and maybe we're not going to share the gospel or we don't think about it twice or maybe we're overwhelmed with a trial that we're going through that we don't really think about it um maybe it could be seasonal but if it's if it's consistent and it's persistent and you never feel that desire i would strongly encourage to reevaluate your spiritual i guess your spiritual life
1: yeah, the way the way I see it um, is is uh, Jesus uh, says to the unclean woman uh, after he forgives her sins uh, when she washes his feet, uh, you know, that she was forgiven much, and so she loves much. And I, I think that some of us you know who think that we've been Christians our entire life and we're not that bad, we're morally conservative, we don't drink, don't smoke, or if we do, it was only one time or you know stuff like that, we we, we don't understand the gravity of how much we were forgiven. And so that limits us to loving much. So we think we're forgiven little, so we love little. And then therefore we think that we don't have to share the gospel. But those of us who truly understood what happened at Calvary and just the small sins that we consider small and what Christ had to go through to be able to forgive us of those sins, everyone was forgiven much. I know that it says there, whoever's forgiven little loves little and whoever's forgiven much loves much. We need to understand that when we come to the realization that we've been forgiven much, uh, it, it'll bring out the love uh, quite quite a bit more, and that'll lead to us sharing the gospel with others, without a doubt.
0: And we have to recognize that regardless of where we stood, regardless of where, what our past was, and how how bad we think we were, um, I mean, Romans 6.23, we'll say it again, for the, wa- the wages of sin is death. So whatever sin, no matter how bad or, or g- not as bad, or how big or small you see it, uh, <laughs> even if it's a righteous lie, you know... Um, <laughs> To bring back the previous question, uh it's yeah. it still equals death, right? The consequence of that sin, as small as it as it is, still results in spiritual death. So um I, I think it's so hard, especially for our generation. I mean, even me personally, I'm um, growing up, I, I didn't really I didn't really do anything. I didn't leave the church, I didn't like run away from home. I, I wasn't on drugs, I I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, so when I was converted, when I gave my life to the Lord, um, it was it was hard for me to, to, to kind of recognize that point. It was, it was, it was difficult in a way because, because I didn't have that massive transformation and I have friends mm-hmm. who did have the massive transformation and they just went from zero to a hundred and overnight. And I was just yeah. like, wow, like, like what's up with that guy? Like, how come I cannot be like that guy? You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, as you mentioned with the, with, with the, with the passage that you, that you read from, uh, or the passage you were referencing, uh, if you've been forg- forgiven much, uh, you will love much, you know? And I, I feel like for a lot of us, because we don't think, not that we haven't been forgiven much, we don't, much, think. We don't right. think that right. we've been forgiven much, right. then we just don't feel the need to love people by sharing the gospel with them. Yep,
1: exactly. Yeah, and and the thing is, uh, you know, for, for for this podcast and for this discussion, um, you know, I, I wanted to let people know, you know, because you can you can encourage people and you know, get them out there. And maybe some people that are listening to this are like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to my, my buddy. I'm going to go talk to my friend. I'm going to talk to my coworker. Um, and I just, I, I just got two things that I, I want to say about that is that understand that compassion before conviction is something that I realize not only through reading scripture, but also in my own life that when I go with just conviction, without compassion, you know, when I preach without feeding the 5,000, when I, when I try to do just the you know, the the hellfire and brimstone and, you know, everyone's going to hell. That, that doesn't work, right? And maybe it does in the smallest minute areas. But this idea of compassion before the conviction. So this idea of building a relationship and talking to people and helping them understand that you actually care about them, right? It's not like you're there to beat them up over the head with the Bible and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But to have a compassion to show them that you were in their shoes, you know there was there was a a friend that I have at work that deals with atheist people, and you know some of them were um, homosexual and they tried to corner these Christians and say, "Well, I'm going to hell, right?" Like they they they're, they're just trying to say so they can say yes, and then I'll never have to talk to him again because he you know thinks I'm going to hell, and and the Christian responded in a very wise way and he said, "You know uh, you know that I'm I'm I was going to hell too," and they were like, "Well, you know and and my sins while it's different than your sin, it's the same." cancer spiritually that is killing me, that's killing you. And 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 so I, I'm not here to tell you that your cancer is different than my cancer or worse than my cancer. But I know the doctor uh, who saved me from my cancer, from my spiritual sin, is the same doctor that can save you from yours. And if you reject it, yes, you do die in your sins, you will go to hell, just like I would have to. But you also have that same forgiveness and salvation available to you, just like I had, no matter what the sin was. And I can tell you what, that that was compassion before the conviction. And that person has a completely different mentality uh, about the Christians around him. And so this idea is, you know, I don't want you guys just to go out there and start being people over the head with the Bible. Uh, You have to actually, you know, love the people that you're sharing this with. Right. And so I see that in Christ. I see that in Paul. I see that in in the disciples. But sometimes I, I don't see that in us. And I think that that's very important. And the second part of the thing is, what are you going to witness, right? It says, be my witnesses. What are you going to witness? You know, it's difficult to talk to people about their sin. I don't know if you guys know of Ray Comfort from livingwaters.com. You know, uh, he, he he always talks to you and asks that iconic question. Are you a good person? Mm-hmm. Right. And and 99% of the people answer, yeah, we're good. And, you know, you have to talk about sin, you know, and, and I know that that seems unloving. But truth without love isn't love and love without truth isn't truth, right? So you have to have them both. They're both part of the same coin, right? And to actually love somebody, you have to tell them the truth and to actually, you know, because like you think about a doctor, right? If he's a good doctor, he's not going to keep away a bad diagnosis, you know, from you because he wants to be perceived as a good doctor or as a friendly doctor. He's going to tell you in a kind and loving way that, you know, you have this problem in your body and we can work together to get it out. Same thing witnessing. You got to talk about sin. We can't just say God loves you and God bless you and come to church. You know, that that's 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 not what 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 we're talking about here. Talking about people's sin, telling them the consequences of sin. And that if you try to do something good in front of God's eyes, it's like it's like filthy rags, you know? And 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 so because it's like that, God in his infinite mercy and love, he came down and took our place on that cross. Right? So 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 it doesn't matter how bad we are. You know, I know it sounds bad, but it doesn't. We can be. The choir boy, or you can be, you know, the guy or the girl in the alley. Either way, we're all under that same debt. But either way, we're all have access through Jesus Christ and to that cross to be able to be saved. And so that's the type of witnessing that I think is lacking. This this idea that you know, I said God bless you to my friend, or or I said Jesus loves you. Okay, that's great. But that that's not addressing the issue of the heart. That's not addressing the conscience. To show that sinners do need a savior. And people won't accept Jesus, or at least the biblical Jesus, without first showing that they're in need of a savior. Sorry, I know I went a little bit long.
0: No, no, that's good. I'm I'm glad you said that because um, it really points to a lot of what we're dealing with today in, in evangelical culture. Um, telling someone Jesus loves you, God bless you, um, by its like telling a, a non an unbeliever that by itself is easy. Why? Because they're gonna be receptive to that. I know. I remember when I first started uh, trying to do some street evangelism, and I'm I'm not an evangelist by any means. Doesn't mean I don't have to evangelize, but we evangelize in different areas and callings of our life. Uh, But as far as street evangelizing, I'm not very good at. So whenever I would approach someone, I would just like kind of just small talk. Yeah, you know, how you doing? Jesus loves you. This and that. They're like, oh, that's cool, man. Fist bump. Walk away. You know, after two minutes of talking nonsense, you know, and that's not going to impact our lives. Why? Because it doesn't confront sin. Now, you said it perfectly where we have to have the combination of compassion and conviction. Why? Because the way that they see Christians is only conviction, um, or at least the ones that they don't like. And the ones that they (laughs) do like, the ones that they, you know, parade their churches and put their rainbow flags. And, and I mean, I've been seeing stuff on Twitter that is just so atrocious. And so I, I mean, we're living in the days of noah as as the bible says it's oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's bad Same here. it is so bad how they've uh, just tarnished the church and this and, and just what they're trying to do i don't know it's 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 disgusting but um those churches all they're preaching is jesus loves you and now they're singing uh songs to a gender neutral god you know they're they're switching out the pronouns it's it's like absolutely ridiculous now the beauty of scripture the beauty about preaching the gospel that comes straight from Expository preaching that comes straight from the Word of God is that intertwining that mes- message is both compassion and conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they say like when you're preaching a sermon, uh, the the listeners. I mean, if you, if you preach a good sermon, the listeners will either be convicted or offended. One of the one of the two yeah. things, right? Uh, yeah. If, yeah. if 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 they're neither, then it, it didn't impact them, you know. So you have to, yes, show the compassion, but you have to present the truth in a way that. If they're not convicted, then they have to be offended, because if it's if it's if it's neither of the one uh, neither of those two, then it, it doesn't really have much of an effect. But yeah. uh, we have to understand that yes, we have to present it in a loving way, but if we don't include the sin part, then that's not having an effect, right? Because nowadays, uh, even in Romania, right, uh, they didn't the communists didn't cancel church, they didn't they didn't shut down religion, they just made the churches register to them. Right? so we control what happens so we control what you say so we have a say in what you say uh, the enemy is not going to come down and try to shut down your church no he wants to grab a hold of your church and he wants to remove confrontation of sin so that all those people uh, in the in with the drag shows and all all that stuff that's going on with their crazy Christian hype parties and 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 we see this in, in a bunch of mega churches today. Um, they're just going to happily dance their way to hell, you know, in, in, yeah. in, in that context of how they just, yeah. how, how they express themselves and how they continue to live in their sin without confronting it. And um, and again, the other people who don't have any love that we talked about, who just have conviction, who just uh, don't love their neighbor, they have to reevaluate themselves too, because uh, maybe they don't understand what the gospel has done for them. So it, it's on both sides, but as you mentioned, compassion and conviction has to be perfectly balanced, and intertwined in how you present the gospel.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that the best way to kind of, you know, to, to be, uh, to be able to give an answer, the Bible says, right. For what you believe in. Right. And I know sometimes that's, that's difficult, right. I just want to plug in real quickly here. I know there's many different people that you can listen to either online. I'm just saying, if you're on Instagram all day and TikTok all day, TikTok all day and YouTube all day, you know, look up Jeff Durbin, look up Ray Comfort, look up Ken Ham, right? You know, it's interesting to see a debate between Bill Nye, the science guy and Ken Ham and, and, and just see him wipe the floor with how true the Bible is using the science, right? It's interesting to see Ray Comfort, you know, and, and see how he talks to people on Huntington Beach and asks them these questions, which, you know, the, the, the reply back to him is going to be very similar, if not the same reply that we'll get when we talk to people, right? Because people's hindrances about believing in God is roughly the same, you know? And then Jeff Durbin, I think he does a good job because he goes to college campuses and he, and he talks about things like abortion or any other, other things. And so you'll see that type of college age students argue against scripture and you'll have sound doctrine, uh, uh, you know, as an answer. And you write these down and you meditate on these things so that you do have an answer, so that your compassion and your conviction are both uh, real it's, you're not just reading from them from the Bible. Uh, you, you're living it out yourself and you have the answer to what they have. Now, don't be scared. If someone sa- asks you a question and you don't know the answer, you know, be humble about it. Say, you know what? I, I don't have that answer, but you know what? Give me a week. Give me, or Next time we talk, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it out for you. You know, I don't want to say I, I have everything um, because I think that that way, uh, there's always going to be obstacles when we talk to people. There's always going to be obstacles. But one of my favorite characters, or actually the favorite character, obviously, besides Christ in Scripture, is John the Baptist. I, I, mm-hmm. I love John the Baptist, okay? Because nobody wants to be like John the Baptist. God, Jesus says he is the greatest born of a woman, and yet nobody wants to be like him, right? And, it's, and so it's, it's, it, I want to be pleasing to God, and, and I want to be great in God's eyes, not in man's eyes. Well, he says this in Luke chapter 3, prepare a way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked passes, the crooked places, excuse me, shall be made straight, and the rough ways smooth. All flesh will see the salvation of God. He's saying here that there's going to be obstacles, you know, to getting to see the salvation of God. But every obstacle, you know, I look at it this way. These are the two obstacles: fear and arguments, right? This idea of overcoming fear. Well, here, this is how we overcome fear. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. We say this confidently: the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. We say in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but might in God for pulling down strongholds. That's faith and power. And last but not least, 1 John chapter 4, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So this obstacle of being scared, we can get over, we overcome this. It's the same thing that would happen if, if, if your kid fell into the pool, uh, but it was in winter. The pool is winterized and it's freezing outside. Um Right. Just because he falls in and and the the environment or the situation is uh, more dif- is different or it causes suffering because, yeah, jumping in the water when it's freezing cold is going to be more painful. But you don't think about that. You overcome that fear uh, because of the love that you have for the kid. The fact that you're empowered and you're stronger than that child to go in there and pick him up and the faith that you have that, you, you know, if you don't if you don't go in there, uh, no one will. Right. And so you got to go in there and you got to jump in there. Right. So that's that's how we can overcome fear, overcome obstacles. Man, there's so many uh, overcome arguments. There's so many. Right. Well, my God doesn't punish or or, or my purpose in life is to be happy or, or I think my good deeds will outweigh my bad. All these questions, I'm telling you, there's good theologians and good pastors out there who have answered those questions for you already with biblical principles intact with Bible verses. Find them, reach out, you know, to 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 these resources and put them under your belt and, and meditate on them. And I bet you when you start talking to these people, all of those valleys that were in your head that you know you could never be filled to talk to your boss who you know employs you. You know what? Now you have the confidence to talk to him. And all those mountains and hills that you saw that were just, I can't talk to this person, they're brought low. Why? Because your fear and the and the and the arguments are overcome uh in such a way that we can actually speak the goodness of God. So that was kind of like the the summary, I think, uh, of, you know, how do we actually get there? Because I'm not going to lie, it's difficult and it is scary. Like you said, it's easy to talk behind the microphone on a podcast or maybe on a microphone behind a pulpit. And it is difficult. I, I, I'm so much more confident in church than I am at work. But as long as I'm speaking at church and at work, I'm happy. Uh, the problem is when I'm only speaking in church and I'm talking about myself first before I could ever ask anyone else to do this. But I found in my life that overcoming this fear and overcoming these arguments has helped tremendously uh, to put these valleys filled and these mountains to come down so that these people can see the salvation of the Lord.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess like as a summary to kind of have a short checklist of what you need to do uh, or what you need to have um, before you can effectively do this is um, I guess, number one, evaluate your life and see like, am I born again? Am I a Christian? You know, do I, trust in jesus that he died for my sin and am i am i just humble hum, humbly submitting myself to him so i think that's the first thing that we have to understand right because um it's the most important you know we gotta as they say on the airplane you know put on your mask and then put you know help the person next to you um secondly we have to i i think we have to be really understand you don't have to be a theologian but you have to understand what the gospel uh States, and you have to you have to be able you have to be prepared to answer um, predictable questions that the other party may have, and they're typically the same. You know, uh, yeah. they're 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 going to ask why does God punish uh, good people? Why does God hate this? Why does God hate me? They're, they're pretty much the same like four or five questions that they'll ask. So be equipped, be able to. Yeah, articulate. why does God
1: send people to hell? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Why does he send people to hell? I've been good. Why am I not good? I've, all I've done was good things. Uh, like oh, that was just like a little you know righteous lie as as, as we talked about before. <laughs> um, th- th- these different things and it, it's it's quite predictable. so make sure you understand the ins and out of that to be able to present that because that's that's very important. And also if you present an in- incomplete gospel uh, that, that that that's not gonna change that person, right? You have to present the full gospel. Uh, so that next uh, you know, pray about it, say God, like guide me and empower me with your holy Spirit. Uh, like you said, that's where the boldness comes from. Um, it, it, it helps us, right? It's, uh, the power of the, the power that transformed the other person is through the word of the gospel, but the power that works through us to deliver that is the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's how those two kind of work together. So, um, yeah, if you're fearful, or if, let's say if you're, um, you're not used to articulating speeches and you're not a public speaker, you don't have to be a public speaker. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to be a preacher to be able to minister, uh, to other people. You just have to understand and then just trust in the Lord that he's going to work. So I feel like these three things, and then also number four is practice, right? The more you practice, the better you're going to be at it. You know, you're going to, uh, I mean, Ray Comfort, he has, he has his formula, but he didn't come up with that formula overnight. It's something that he's developed over, over decades and decades of ministry. So as long as you understand, number one, that you're born again, you're saved, uh, that you're okay spiritually. Number two you know how to articulate the gospel clearly and be prepared to answer the predictable questions number 3 you're in prayer and you depend on the holy spirit for guidance and for uh basically being emboldened and number 4 continue to practice i think yep. if we have these three things practically it's something that uh you know we will be able to prevent the eternal violence that is to come
1: if we act right. and trust in the lord that's right that's right that's that i couldn't have put it better myself that as a fantastic, fantastic uh, conclusion. Um, I really hope that those, you know, who are listening to this understand that, you know, this is, this is it, this is life or death. I mean, this, this is uh, the most important thing uh, that, that you can do. Right. And and it starts with those around you, your siblings, your parents, your spouse, your kids, right. That that's where it goes. So, you know, if, if that's not addressed, then, then forget going to band forget going to worship team forget, you know, I, I would give up preaching, you know, never, you know, for the rest of my life. If, if, if it, that's what it took for me to, to reach out to my kids or to my spouse or to whatever it might take. Um, and, and so, I, I, like I said, the way that you have it outlined, I think will help very much. Um, and, I, you know, people are going to ask the same questions, right? Um, I, if no one uses any of these resources that we mentioned here tonight, um, I'll, just give, I'll just give one. And I know, I know we're running out of time here this idea of, of knowing scripture and you said you don't have to be a theologian or, or this great teacher, you know, which, uh, congratulations, by the way, I saw, I saw the post that you got, uh, accepted, uh, to, um, the masters, um, seminaries. That's awesome. I, I've been on the uh, fence of going to Moody Bible college, uh, taking online classes for the last seven years. But, uh, once kids came in it kind of <laughs> made it impossible, even though hopefully one day I'll be able to do that. But, uh, this idea of, you just, you just have to understand the, the, the scriptures in the most simplistic way, in the most simplistic terms, because that's the best way to kind of explain it. This idea of, and it answers the question, how can God send people to hell? You just have to give them a simple, simple scenario. And sometimes, you know, you have to wait for the Holy Spirit of God to give it to you. Let's say you, you wrong your child, right? What authority does that child have over you? Nothing. So what's your, what's your punishment for lying? Zero or, or close to zero. You know, you have a spouse. Uh, what authority do they have over you? Well, some authority or at least more authority than that child. And so what happens when you lie to them? Well, you sleep on the couch, right? Uh, so what about if you lied to the cops? They have more authority over you than your wife does or your spouse does. What happens then? Well, you spend a night in jail. So things get progressively worse and worse and worse. What happens if your lying is treason in front of a, the Senate or, you know, federal judge? You, know, you could be sentenced to death. It's the same sin. It's the same lie. But depending on who uh, you lie or break that uh, or you sin against, you know, based on how much authority they have over you, it uh, tells you the severity of that sin or of, of what you've done. And everyone will agree with that. Well, then you say, well, how much more authority does the one who created the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, and the stars who gave you life, how much more authority do they have over, you know, a federal judge, right? And the federal judge was going to give you death for that. Uh, it's not outlandish to think that a holy and pure and just, but also loving God, sends people to hell for that sin, and so you can kind of—I tra- don't want to say trap them—but you can you can walk them through that. You can show them how the you know the more authority with the with the same sin can lead to a greater consequence, and so stuff like that I think is just the best way to keep things simple to talk to people. Like you said, pray about it, practice it. And I think that your mouth will open. You'll no longer be able to be silent to the coming judgment uh, of people here on earth that live in sin, but you'll be able through the the grace of God to plant that seed and allow the Holy spirit to, to, to make it grow. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh,
0: I do want to, I guess, as a aftermath to, um, to guess sharing the gospel and, uh, you know, if it's your first time, if you're, if you're putting it into practice, but um, I just want to encourage everyone with Romans one sixteen, And Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So, um, you know, Paul is not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who Believes it is the power of God in the, in what you share. It's not it's not you. It's not something that you dreamt of. It's not some idea that you present to your boss that um, you know if you might be afraid of rejection. It's not you putting your out yourself out there. Uh, you know you're asking out a girl and she, she, you're afraid of rejection. Rejection. It's not it's it's not you're not putting yourself out there, right? It's not your neck on the line. It's the message that God has given to us. We are the heralds. We are the messengers. Uh, we are the ones who are supposed to preach his gospel, his good news. So that's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed. It has has nothing to do with me. Yes, I benefited from it. I'm saved because of it. Now I want you to be saved as well. And I think that's something that to keep in mind. If you're, let's say your first time around doesn't, you know, goes poorly and people kind of walk away or they kind of mouth off on you or whatever may happen, understand that, hey, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. And that seed that you planted, uh, I mean, depending on what happens in their future i mean maybe it it can grow and maybe god can speak to them in a different way uh you never know and it may happen it may take decades may take years for that to to happen but that shouldn't derail us that shouldn't just basically discourage us from acting on what god has commissioned us to do so uh just one quick thing so chris as we wrap up this episode I know we kind of had like eight different summaries here uh, it is a, for the last 20 minutes, but uh, if there's like one final statement that you want to make to the listeners, to uh, young people, old people, whoever maybe is inexperienced with sharing the gospel and uh, doing so with boldness and without fear, uh, what would you want to tell
1: them? Um, in conclusion here, I would just say that, um, you know, one one day we're going to meet face-to-face with, with Christ. Uh, those who have put our faith and trust in him and have repented of our sins um, and and, and put our our trust in in Jesus Christ. We'll we'll meet face to face with him. And the Bible says that uh, he will wipe away every tear. Uh, I I think that when we meet him and when we see eternity in the light of eternity, I think we're going to be overwhelmed with a sense of grief and a sense of sadness of all of the people all of our siblings, all of our, the spouses, the co-workers, that we didn't have, we, we had the chance, but we never spoke to them about this Jesus. We never spoke to them about this salvation, about this faith that got us into the kingdom of God to be able to spend it in eternity with Christ. And I think we'll, we'll be bawling like babies. And I, I think that Jesus, when he wipes away our tears, I don't think it's a tears of, uh, of, uh, you know we were hurt on this earth or we suffered on this earth or we had cancer and now we don't have cancer or we were mute and now we can speak or we were lame and we can now walk I, I in my own interpretation of the scriptures which i would like to share with you guys uh is that i think that he wipes away the tears of those who we didn't speak to uh and that that sense of grief and sadness uh, to understand that it you know in, in a sense that it's god's got everything in control uh, and so, and so I, I, I hope that you know we, we don't do that. I hope that we're we're not in a sense of overwhelming sadness and grief when we meet Christ, but that we're exuberant, we're so ecstatic and joyful to meet him, and that we've done everything we possibly could do to tell everyone that we could possibly speak to about the goodness of God. And I, I think that that should light a fire under us because it's what lit up fire under me, and it's still you know making me go day after day.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And Chris, thank you so much for sharing this, this passion that you've had on your heart. I know it's something that, uh, you know, I myself struggle with at times and a lot of people probably struggle with as well, uh, to kind of break out of those barriers and, uh, understand that this is what we need to do. So thanks again. I I really appreciate you being on, uh, on this, uh, episode and, uh, I
1: hope that uh, we can collaborate in the, in the near future as well. Sounds good, Marcus. Thank you, man. God bless you. And uh, I, again, I appreciate uh, everything that you do and and for the invite.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And, and if people want to find you on, on, I don't know, on the internet uh, just (laughs) for any reason, I do this with everyone. So I don't know. I'm, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem. Uh, Maybe they'll, they'll DM you and encourage you to, to sign up for Moody. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Maybe it's prov- it's providential that yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. But if that's the case, where can they find
1: you? Uh, if you YouTube Hosanna Christian Church, uh, that's where I mostly minister to. Uh, you know, or if you even YouTube Christian Booyah, um it, it, it'll come up. Uh, I'm sure something will come up. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm not on it a lot because uh, I have small kids, so I don't have too much free time. But it's the it's my name Christian underscore Buya. And uh, so, those are two ways that you can you can find uh, me on either social media or on YouTube. If you want to hear more uh, sermons uh, about this type, because I've been trying to uh, preach the gospel for all, you know almost three years now, and uh, it doesn't matter what uh, verse I'm assigned or what we talk about. In the end, we always bring it back to Christ. Uh, so I, I like mm-hmm. to say that I've been preaching the gospel for three years. Whether we're talking about Noah or whether we're talking about David, uh, either way, we can always bring it back to Him. So but I appreciate it.
0: Yep. Thank you for sharing. And that's where you guys can find Chris and for you guys out there listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know we've been kind of spotty with episodes this summer. Um, As I had mentioned earlier, with the Instagram posts and everything, there's, there's a lot of life changes that happen and there's like a transition period. So hopefully um, over these next couple of weeks, we'll have a few episodes. And after that, we'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to, to stay on top of it. Um, But obviously, I'm going to be pretty busy. So we'll see what happens. We'll just play it week by week. But thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for your support. Uh, As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can follow us for any and all updates on our Instagram account at The Potter's House. We're on multiple streaming platforms, most notably Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can leave uh, five stars there if you haven't done that already. And uh, we really appreciate it. And hopefully, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll be back with some new episodes. But thank you, guys. Hope you, I hope you enjoyed the new feature with the questions. Uh, next time, we'll have a couple more questions. And uh, it'll be your questions, so it'll feel more personal. Uh, but I appreciate you guys and all that you do and all that you do to support. Uh, God bless. And we will see you next time.